Welcome back, everyone. This is Cleveland Don't Mess It Up. We're your hosts, Brent and Tim. Hi. Coming to you from Teal Panda Studios here in snowy and frigid central New York. Very frigid. Today is Monday, November 29th, and we have a pretty great show for you. Uh, coming up, the Browns continue. We mean pretty great well, show. Okay. We mean pretty great show. Well, we I can't say mediocre because then people, no one's going to listen. People, we just do great <laughs> shows. We just do great shows. <laughs> Coming up, the Browns continue to show us who they are, uh, why we should really start to believe them. I'm going to throw that one out believe there. What? Believe what? What? Yeah. Did you watch the game? We have the good, the bad, and the Cleveland. Uh, we'll go over why the Guardians seem so stagnant this offseason. Uh, the Cavs are staying strong halfway through this tough stretch. And we'll go over some questions submitted by you. Ooh. That ought to be interesting. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Let's get the party started. Let's go. be time to panic um six and six dead last in the division listen you can't start to show off the same way every week everybody panic <laughs> okay listen we usually do the good the bad in the cleveland but there's not a whole lot of good here no All right, so let's just i'm gonna go straight to the numbers because we got to get this out of our system all right it it was not a good looking game all right we the same troubles we've had all year continued, and we did not look good at all. It, there may have been one bright spot in the entire game is that we picked, we had four picks. Our defensive backs played really well. We kind of shut down their passing game. Did we, though? Or we was did. that just Lamar we not playing well? Well, Listen, I, it's so hard for me to even he didn't give have anybody many credit. Options. He didn't have any options. But here's the numbers. All right, we'll, we'll go through it. Of course, we lost 16 to 10, Boo. which is bad enough. Um, what a so garbage game. Yards. I thought the Detroit game was bad. Yeah, no. That was the worst was, game of the season. This was right worse. there. All right, so uh, the Raiders, uh, or <laughs> the yeah, Ravens. I wish. 303. Uh, total yards, and we put up 262 total yards. Um, passing, we threw for 222. Now wait, total. wait just a minute. Yes, you heard correctly. How many total yards did we have? Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. So, and they passed for 155. So we did a good job. I mean, we 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 held them to 155 yards passing. Mm -hmm. But here here here's the stat of the game. All right. The Ravens ran for 148 yards, so again, we can't stop the run. But the big problem was we ran for 40 total yards. We have the most devastating backfield in football. 
Hunt was back in this game. Chubb is the leader in yards per carry, and we ran for 40 yards. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. Listen, I'm the optimist on this show, and I'm just telling everyone – there is no excuse for that. For this Cleveland team to rush for 40 yards is uh, an absolute travesty. There is no reason for this coaching staff, for this these players, for the fans, for any of us to accept the fact that any team in the NFL can hold us to 40 yards in a game that's only 16 to 10. Like we weren't coming, we would we weren't down four touchdowns. So we had to suddenly throw the ball on every play, even though we have had no passing game, no especially no downfield passing game all season. So suddenly we decided we're become a passing team in a game that we lost 16 to 10 and we only rushed for 40 Yards inexcusable. We have in every way inexcusable. We have Nick Chubb, who perennially is a top two running back in the NFL. He had eight touches. Eight. Yeah, he ran better. the ball eight times for sixteen, 16 yards. yards. That's right. And Hunt that's only a ran, joke. Hunt ran the ball seven times. For 20 yards. So we only got 15 carries in a game where we should have had at least 30. You know what makes it worse? You know what You know what makes that carries. even worse, though? What really makes that worse is you have Kareem Hunt back for the first time in weeks. Yeah. He's your third down scat back. Okay. How many targets do you think he had? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Zero targets. I wonder – I'm starting to wonder how many routes he actually ran because yeah. I didn't – I, I know even the last drive of the game, guess who wasn't out there? Kareem Hunt. Guess who wasn't out there? Nick Chubb. We had our third string running back in for the last drive of the game. We're down by six. So, yeah, I'm not sure what was going on there with all that. But, okay, let's continue with the numbers. Um, so, yeah, it, it's hard to get past that that rushing total of 148 to 40. We could end uh, the show right now based on that. Yeah. So, third downs. Once again, we are a terrible third down team. We are four for 13 on third downs and 0 for 1 on fourth downs, which was a fourth down we had to go for. Joke. Um, Absolute joke. And we, we had no shot of getting because we didn't, we did not, we cannot stay on the field on offense. And the Ravens were seven for 15 on third down and one for one on fourth down. So they, again, we played against a team who stayed on the field. 50% of the time on third down, we weren't even close to that. Um, so we allowed three sacks uh, on Baker. I, I I will say it was a mix of Baker holding the ball and a couple were just, he just didn't have time to get rid of the ball. Um, and then they had two sacks. Uh, we had two sacks, uh, Miles had one of them to add to his league leading total of 14. And I got to be honest with you, Miles Garrett had a great game. He was flying all over the field. Yeah, he, he, was, he and Clowney looked great. He was running all over the field. I said, but here's the problem and and the the national broadcasters pointed it out. Listen, we all we all love Miles Garrett, um but you know, his weakness is against the run and the <laughs> You know he's a great pass rusher, not not yep. a good pass rusher. He's a great yeah. pass rusher. Um, when he can pin his ears back and get after the quarterback because he knows 
they're going to throw. He is a handful all day long. Uh, but against the run, he gets lost. He, he does. They run right at him a lot. Um, he can chase a play down from behind and he, he'll run after the ball and try to chase it. But you could tell, and they pointed it out a few times on national television that he got lost, uh, on, on run plays. And, you know, again, we can't stop the run. And when your best player is weakness, stopping the run so we got to be better at that i mean we just have to be better we've said it here on the show before and and it continues um and then this is this okay again i'm the optimist here so when i'm talking like this you know it was bad so here this is how bad it has been we had four picks all right we had four picks four picks Four interceptions. Four interceptions. Our defensive backs actually played well. We shut down their passing game. We had four picks. All right. In any normal, I, I, I don't, I can't recall ever watching an NFL football game, the Browns or anyone else, that the team that had four picks only had 10 points at the end of a game. You know, I don't, I really just don't recall ever seeing a game. And it may have happened. I'm sure it has because I'm sure there's been some other teams that were, that were really stinking it up on offense like we have been. But to have four touch to four interceptions. Okay. Think about this, people. If even if the four interceptions only lead to field goals, that's 12 points. So I, I really don't. It's beyond me to think of us having four interceptions and two sacks on defense and coming away with 10 points. It's just I can't even imagine it. But when you when you look at how poorly we ran the football and how we didn't stick with the running game, even in a close game, it it speaks volumes to why that happened. So um, I, I put together an article. And I posted it today and I just, I want to go over a couple of these things that stuck out to me. Um, gosh, these numbers, these, these numbers right here tell the whole story. Okay. So for one thing, we know when Baker Mayfield has to throw 35 plus times, we lose. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, when 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 he has to throw 35 or more times uh, in the Baker Mayfield era, we are five and fifteen. With, we're, we're five and fifteen. And I got you. I get you. That is probably true. But I will tell you this: in this game in particular, most of those games you're talking about, we right? were down. It was garbage. We went down oh, yeah. early no, no. with a turnover. Oh no, or yeah. With, or with or the other team just shoved just scored twice quick on us or right. something like that. Right. And we played from behind the yep. entire game. This was a sixteen to ten game. And yep. most of the game it was six to three. I'm getting this there. was not a game where we were getting blown out no. and had to throw the ball thirty seven times. I'm getting there. So that that's just to preface the point that I'm trying to make here. So we know we are five and fifteen when Baker Mayfield has to throw thirty five or more times. Okay. So in this game, in the entire first half, okay, the Browns ran 36 total plays. All right. That includes three punts. Of those 36 total plays, 
they ran 26 designed pass plays. 26 design pass plays in the first half of the game. And when I, I'll throw this stat at you too. Are you okay. kidding me? Let me throw this stat at you too. Baker was 18 for 37. He threw the ball Good 37 Lord. times. He only completed 18 passes. That's 50% completion rate. Just above it. I mean, barely 50% completion that, rate hmm. on that many throws. Again, again, none of that adds up to success. No. Nothing that we've talked about here adds up to success. So, once again, let's just say it. You have to be able to establish the run. Yep. Have to be able to. You have to be able to stop the run. And you have to be able to keep your offense on the field and pick up a third down conversion. If we continue... To not be able to do those things, we will not win games. It doesn't – we won't win in the play. We won't make the playoffs because we have a lot of teams that we're going to play that can run the ball mm-hmm. and stop the run. So we have to do a better job. Yep. And here we are. Here we are again. We – And sadly enough, folks, I think we, we might real, we might know now who we are because – Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, it, you're pretty good – You're. There's not much left of the season here. Right. Okay. We're two thirds of the way into the season. And I don't know that there's some magic fairy dust we're going to sprinkle on the team that's suddenly going to help them stop the run. Nope. No, we are who we are. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 a, a, a quote by Maya Angelou. When somebody shows you who who they are, believe them the first time. Believe them the first time. And we didn't. That's right. We didn't believe them the first time. <laughs> so we've been talking about the exact so, same problems all season. Here we are, week 12, still going on about the same exact stuff. It's time to start are. believing that the Browns are who they are. Right. So we know we can't stop the run. So you got to hold your breath every time we play a team that can run the football. Um, so, yeah, that, and that 50% completion by Baker with a touchdown is, I mean, again – is he playing hurt to the point where it's affecting our team? If he can't make the throws, if that heel is bothering him so bad, if I, that plus the shoulder plus the knee, Lord. it I again toughness doesn't mean good leadership. No, all right, that just means you're tough. That doesn't mean you're doing what's best That's for the and team. And guess what? Everybody on the football field's tough because, or you wouldn't play NFL. Fo- if you don't play NFL football, if you're not tough, I personally believe. And I'll reiterate this until I am absolutely proved 100% wrong. I believe that Baker Mayfield has the skill to be a good NFL quarterback, good enough to win a championship. Yep. I believe that. I agree. 100%. I agree. But now, but not we're to the, the way, point. Not where he's playing. No, no we're to the point playing. where now, not only is he hurting the team, but he's hurting his own career. Because yeah. what happens now if the Browns move on from him? Yeah, and the what, insistence. No one else is going to take a chance on him. And again, the insistence on on playing injured. I, again, to some at some point, you 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 cross the line of helping or hurting your team. Yeah, right. You got to be able to decipher line. that. You That's have a very to be able fine to, line. Yeah, you got to be able to decipher that. And if it if the problem is Baker has to stay on the field because we don't believe in our backups, our backup quarterbacks can get the job done. I mean, well, then we, guess what? We better improve yeah. the depth of our backup quarterbacks. I would say, I I I I think Case Keenum could have beat the Steelers. He beat Denver. 
Denver's not much better than the Steelers. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers aren't much better than Denver. I agree. So I think Keenum could have beat the Steelers. I agree with that. Um, I will say this. I don't know if you to beat Baltimore, but, but to be fair. So enough rambling. Yeah. Enough rambling. Guy. So, again, it, it, and, you know, I don't want – we don't need to be a downer on this. We're all Cleveland fans. All the Browns fans in the world are down on this right now. But I will say this. The really bright spot was our defensive backs. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll throw the good out. Okay, the good was our defensive backs. So uh, we had a safety led us in tackle. Harrison was up on the line of scrimmage playing like a linebacker. He led us in tackles. Um, we had really good play out of our corners all day. They made it very tough, picked four balls. Um, yeah, pass coverage. Every, I mean, I thought we were aggressive in pass coverage, and that was without really putting a ton of pressure on Lamar. Yeah. We, we really didn't put a ton of pressure on him and he escaped a few times and made some runs. Um, but we could not, you know, the bad for me was pretty much everything else. Yeah. Everything else we did, um, even down to punting, which we have a great punter who only has, I think he averaged like 42 yards of punt or something like that. It was just, I mean, we, we did nothing well no. other than our defensive backfield played well. Um, my good is Jarvis Landry had a little redemption game, hundred yards, uh, hundred eleven yeah. yards on six receptions. He he yeah. exposed their their uh, defensive backfield. Yeah, but I will say this again. I'll go straight back to it that most of those yards were in the first half. Yeah, and in the second half, when we really needed it, right, we really needed something to make something happen. Again, I don't think we have the complexity. In our past no, game. No, I think, yeah. I, to get the job done. We went straight back to all the screen plays that we run, and guess what? Baltimore didn't bite. Nope. They didn't go for it. And even the one they did go for, Baker almost dropped because he was getting so much pressure. He fumbled it. He fumbled the ball. So that would have probably been the only screen all night that actually worked really well. Yeah, and Baker and fumbled was it. Too much pressure. <laughs> it was a bunch. Yeah, everybody like half the yeah. team was in his face, like no hesitation. So <clears throat> it was. They sniffed out every play. They knew us. They had studied our film. Their defensive coordinator did a great job dialing up pressure, making sure Baker felt every single play, and it felt pressure, and it worked. Yep. And we did them a favor. When they put eight guys in the box, we went away from the run instead of just cramming it down their throats. And I'm sorry, if you feel as the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns that the Baltimore defense is so tough, so much better than your all-pro offensive line, that they're going – and Nick Chubb, who's one of the masters of yards after contact, if you feel that they are better than you – so much better than you that you had to go to the pass, which you've struggled in all year, then we are not going to the playoffs. No, it's not, it's not a playoff team because you set this offense up to – you You have the best running back tandem in football by far. Yeah. By far. 
you have uh you paid for all these linemen these these brand new extensions on the offensive yep. line and they're all every single one of them is an all pro yep. or has been in the past they've been pro bowlers they've been this and that and you have a top 3 blocking tight end you have a pro bowl uh fullback that you brought in yeah i mean you're yeah. set up to pound the ball down people's throats yeah, and they got scared yeah we didn't do it flat out got scared they, of baltimore's defense did you really believe that baltimore is that much tougher than we are not I mean, a chance because you played you played like that's what you believed you not coached like that's what you believe they coached scared that's 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 exactly what we talked about a couple of weeks ago they've been coaching to not lose instead of coaching to win so we got we got so we got to get they got to get some stuff switched, changed around. Here's the here's the crazy thing, Cleveland fans. Here's the crazy thing. We're still in the playoff hunt. Because we're in a miserable division, apparently. Well, remember, they added another team to the playoffs. So there's that. And Cincinnati just swept uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and and so even though we're the we we're, we're kind of miserable right now, we are still we can still. If we can stay above 500, we could get in the playoffs. I mean, we, that's the key, it's though. It's a 17-game season now. That means seventeen game season. you have to beat Baltimore coming out of the bye. Yeah. You don't have a choice. Yeah. In order to stay in the playoff hunt, you cannot lose to Baltimore. Yeah. That is the make or break of the playoffs right there. Nine and eight might actually get you in the playoffs. It could. It could. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it could because everybody in the AFC is in the same boat right now. Everybody's hovering around five hundred. They are. They are. Everybody's being nervous. So, um, we, we're, so my, we're benefiting from that. My 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 bad uh, specific bad because everything was bad. <laughs> my specific bad is everybody came out in the post game press conference and they gave the company line. It was, you know, oh, I got to do better. We got to do better. This, this, it's got to be better. Well, we've been saying that for 12 weeks now, even in wins. So why have we not seen better yet? Stefanski comes out and answers these questions. He's getting mad at reporters now. He, he's well, getting sna- he's on. getting snippy. Yeah, the pressure's on now. I mean, I mean come on, but how man. you handle that pressure speaks volumes. And that's to who you that's are. That's exactly what it staff, is. Who you are as a team, and so I. Well, I think, and here's the thing. He didn't win coach of the year on a fluke. He's no. a good coach. No. And, and really just looking at it, I think they just have to, I think they just have to start to scheme more where, okay, we're going to trust this man to man in our defensive backfield yep. because they are playing well. And we're going to live. You have to unleash your athletic guys. And we're going to live with getting burned once in a while deep, while deep balls. We're just going to live with it. It's going to happen no yep. matter what. Don't care. I'm going to live with that. And I am going to stop your run. I don't care what I have to do to scheme your run, but I am loading it up and I'm going to scheme it. And then against the pass, I'm going to trust my defensive backs and I'm going to trust that Miles Garrett and somebody else is going to get to the quarterback. I'm going to dial up blitzes on you. Yeah, you bring Harrison, bring you bring heat. Delpit. Come on. I'm bringing the heat. I'm bringing it and I'm going man to man and we're going to see if you can figure us out and beat us. And but I am going to stop your run. I am committed. You're not going to run the ball on us anymore. And on offense, we have to figure out in the second half of a football game, how do we create bad situations for their team against against our passing game? How do we create? How do we put their safeties and corners in bad situations so that we come up with some easy? And I don't know if it's just running set plays where Baker knows who he's going to pre snap. 
or if it's just but we got to create Whatever some complexity is, yeah. in that pass. Whatever game. it is, our our route trees that we're running are simplistic and Baker is he's sitting in the pocket and holding we should on to the ball. Never under any circumstance go away from the running game. No. No, in For fact, in fact in the first quarter, you might not even throw the ball. <laughs> Cuz honestly, think about this. How many times how is a defense even is, even if they stack the box? How many times is a defense actually going to shut down your run game? I, I actually like I actually like the kind of fifty fifty that they had been doing for a long time, wow. and then in the second half, when you have beat them down and beat them down and beat them down, all of a sudden holes open up, and even if you've only gained two yards of carry, three yards of carry, and a and a, and a cloud of smoke. Right. And I've picked up first downs along the way. Suddenly in the second half, when then we've won it, when we have when we have had the ball, you know, three plays to their two, and we've out, you know, had had the we the time of possession is in our in our favor in a big way, and we've kept their defense on the field and they're wore out. Suddenly in the fourth quarter, Nick Chubb breaks off a 40-yard touchdown. Yeah, because guess what? All of a sudden in the third quarter, guess who gets the whole third quarter? Yeah. Kareem Hunt. You're so, chasing him around like a bunny right. rabbit. And then then Chubb comes in, fresh I legs, and he just I, destroys people. That's a great make that's a great thing for our team and to do. And I and I love is, it when we play that way. The problem is when we go down in a game or when something happens like that, we go away from that and we shouldn't be going away from that. Well, not only do we go away from that, but we put the game on Baker's shoulders and he hasn't proven to be that guy. No. And he's not that guy. You know, he just he just doesn't have it in him. I, I got to tell you, can't, I, he can't go out there and, and win you a game throwing the ball. I firmly believe that without the injuries, without the injuries, no injuries, and more complexity to our passing game at different levels of the passing game. Uh, Baker Mayfield is more than enough to win games passing the ball. But we shouldn't be in that situation in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, for my Cleveland, I really just don't have one. Honestly, I got to be honest. I I have nothing for this. This loss was just demoralizing. That's my Cleveland, then. We'll go with that. Another demoralizing loss added to the history of demoralizing losses. My Cleveland is being 500. Uh, at being week 500 12. Again. Week 12 in a again. season, in the first season of 17 we games. 500 again in a season where we were feeling like, yeah, we had a shot here. We were like a contender suddenly. Gosh. To be 500 at this point in the season, that is very Cleveland for me. That is miserable. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, Oh yeah, nine and six sounds really good this year. Well, guess what? We've already got six losses, and we still have to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati again. Yeah. So, so yeah, but, but hang in there. We don't know. I mean, like I said, hopefully they're listening to the show. They're going to take our advice because you guys know we we have everything figured out here. Yeah. On Cleveland, don't mess it up. <laughs> hey. That's why we do what we do, right? That's, That's right. why we make the big bucks. Right. Just call us, call us, guys. We'll walk you through it. We'll figure. We'll help you figure it out. We are uh, we're, we're uh, Monday morning offensive coordinators. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Anyway, on the way, um, are they the Cleveland Guardians or the Wallet Guardians? We'll have to. Uh, wow. We'll, we'll, <laughs> cheap joke. We'll have the answer. Yeah, original, right? We'll have the answer right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Do something. <laughs> For goodness sake, Are you guardians, about guardians, do something. Sign someone, make a trade, 
just extend somebody I, no, something. You just, listen, you're just talking to talk now. You just want them to do something to do something? Yes. Listen, man, show a little life. Away. You're the guardians for the first time in history. Show so, a little life. So here's what I think the problem is. Give us a taste of what's. We, it's very suspicious to me. We want it, We want the good life. Yeah, but it's very suspicious to me. Listen, we understand we're a small market team. We have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. Um, they, I think they've always. All right, I'm calm. Tight. <laughs> That's nice. Good thing you could count to ten. The. I think we've always tried to be business savvy. I've always tried to focus on developing young players and keeping players in house and um, not paying a ton of money. Because when someone for Cleveland becomes a superstar, obviously they leave and go collect a lot of money. And they don't do anything for the Mets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a Lindor, oh, a Lindor shot. I like it. Sorry, I didn't know I like we weren't. It. We don't being like specific. him anyway. We don't like Lindor. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Where they've always had a good business model. I think they, they've been one of the small market teams that has actually been able to compete for many years. So I, 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 don't, I don't hold a grudge against them for being cheap. I don't. I think they've done it the right way. I generally don't, but I get but bored. Here's, I'm suspicious now. I'm bored. Because the way the rest of the league is moving. All right. So a Dude, lot. There is some checks being so, written. Boy. So there are, there is. It, the vote is coming up by the players here on on the contract, right? Well, it's it, so it's looking more and more like there's going to be a, a somewhat of a lockout. It, it won't last very long, though. Well, I, I think it's just it depends as far as negotiations go. I, I think it'll be a short lived. They, they, it's not surely not going to go into spring training. I can tell you that. So no, no, but it might go into January. We're, maybe I, I'm guessing that's maybe, but it'll just be like. it'll it'll be big news, but it won't right. it won't mean much. Okay, but here's the thing: what I'm suspicious about is this: a lot of really good name free agents, pitchers, position players, are falling off the board. Early free agents, early, quickly. The Rangers. Another team who historically have had big payroll in the past, but not recently. In the recent years, they've had pretty small payrolls. Um, they've been trying to use, I think, our model a little bit, trying to develop players. Um, oh, and look, they got bored. And I suddenly <laughs> they're making a bunch of signings. Um, well, they just dropped – Somewhere around five hundred million on yeah. Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Yeah, there's some, which is really going to be that's, nice. That's huge middle for, them. Field yeah, for them. Yeah, that's that's enormous. Especially the bats at the plate. Absolutely. The, you know, there's there's a few other teams making moves, um, signing some guys. The Mets the just Mets, laid oh my God. big money out for Scherzer. I three mean, years, a hundred and thirty million dollars. Three years. You heard this right. Three, three years. years. And none of it million. is deferred. Not seven years, $130 million. Three years. Zero dollars. I just have to reiterate this. Zero dollars deferred. Yes. And that means yes. he is making, what was it, $43 million a yes. year? Yes. No matter what. It's guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. They're not deferring the contract for 10 years but like the, they did with oh, Bobby now, or whatever, now, 20 years I like will they did say with Bobby Bonilla. The owner of the Mets... Is worth more money wow. than most Major League Baseball right. teams and combined. That's, that's where worth. they begin to so, separate themselves. Yes, yeah. yes, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. All no, they is, didn't do a thing last year. All that means year. is they they're didn't signing make the playoffs. Big name players 
right off the bat. I'm so. sorry. I'm sorry, but Max Scherzer is great. He's a Hall of yeah. Famer. He's not the difference between the Mets not making the playoffs and making the playoffs. So here's my suspicion. Here's my this is why I'm so suspect of what's happening right now. And I'm worried about the Guardians not making any moves. Okay. Not that I thought we were going to make a lot of moves because I didn't. Okay. I think when they did the 40 man roster and they set it up the way they set it up, they protected who they protected. They did very well. I think they felt like, okay, we have a young pitching staff. We are building for this next four or five year run. That's what we're doing right now. Okay. Which is fine. I, I'm, I'm with them on that. I agree with them. But I think here's the problem with this year. If so, we again, our payroll is, I, I think, what, $45 million right now? Probably less than that by now. It might be less than that. Now with we, the cuts we that cut we loose made. a couple guys. So, with that being said, with our payroll being so low, gosh, it's got to be somewhere near 40. What if these other teams are banking on? The salary floor going into place. There's discuss, there's talk about the salary floor in Major League Baseball being somewhere in the eighty so, to one hundred million dollar range. Well, real quick, I would think maybe the Rangers making moves this way makes sense for that, but yeah. the Mets doesn't make sense because they're going to be well know. over the luxury the tax. Marlins, that there's other people making some moves for for veteran players. <sighs> That they you normally wouldn't see going to teams like that. True. Okay. So I, I think people are banking on this on this floor. So here's the problem for Cleveland. Let's they're not, say they're not banking. We're not on banking on that. I, I we might be one of those teams that believes that's not gonna pass. Okay. That the owners aren't gonna agree to that or whatever the case but, may well, be. Well the owners are the ones that that I, I uh, know. Offered it up. I get it. It works for the, all the small markets. Maybe, I don't know why the Indians maybe wouldn't Cleveland's think it would betting on the, the big Sorry. franchises, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets. These teams that have such big, high payrolls are not going to want to pay the luxury tax and disperse that money across the league to help out these other teams to become more competitive with payroll. So no, and that being that's, said, I think that's probably why the, the Yankees were trimming payroll. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's why the Indians guardians, the guardians have decide that we're not doing this. Like we're not falling for this. We don't think it's going to happen, I could be. but if it does happen, think about this. If all these teams sign all these players, right? So all the big name free agents are off the board now. Everybody's off the board. And let's say they put the floor in, the salary floor. The the Guardians would have to add almost almost double their payroll. They would have to double and potentially $60 million. They would have to add to their payroll to meet the floor. Okay. Now you have Jose, you could offer a big extension to. And Bieber, you would. You absolutely would. Bieber, at that point. Chevalier. There's a lot. There's a handful of guys you could offer a big extension to and cut and help you. But you, that still wouldn't even get you close to the floor. So you're going to have to go out <laughs> and sign whoever's somebody left. Somebody <laughs> to pay money to. Or, or you know, you could extend. Or you're going to wind up you having throw, do a uh, a Luis Robert situation. Throw Gabriel Arias uh, a big extension again. Or even if you do all George Valera, that, even if you do all that, you're still going to be tens of millions of dollars away from the floor. 
Gosh, so so you have to tens pay somebody, of millions. So you're gonna have to pay people way above their market you're value. You're gonna have to pay Bradley Zimmer twenty million dollars to play. That's what I'm saying. He hit no two ten last year. You hey, have to pay him twenty million. But on the plus side, you can bring back Roberto Perez for twenty five. He's million. gonna be getting a million dollars per hit. <laughs> At the rate the in, the, the guardians are going, so I, I mean I joke, but but no, and I'm not and again I love dilemma, Bradley Zimmer. Man. Listen, I love Bradley Zimmer, but he is not he did not hit well, he did not play that well. No, so but there are guys like that on your roster. You're going to wind up paying some big dollars to to keep bec- the salary the salary floor. I don't even know. I, I don't know how you do it. You, I don't know how you manage that. It, like, do the Guardians even have a plan if that goes into effect? Well, okay. So, the because obviously so low. Obviously, we've come to a point where, and you, and we're not even the worst. The oh Pirates no. are the worst. The Pittsburgh Pirates are the worst, dude. Yeah. Their payroll so low, <laughs> and now they traded Frazier away, the only guy they could have paid any money to. And they on resigned the whole S- roster. Satsugo. There's gonna be some. Back. There's gonna be some AAA guys for the Pirates making like <laughs> ten million a year. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, I mean, so now here we are. We have Chris Antonetti at the the owners' meetings. Doing all his, um, puff my chest and tell you, I'm, yeah, we're going to spend some money this year, guys. What is C? You're so negative. I, I just can't hear him talk anymore. <laughs> just stay behind the scenes. Listen. Don't come out and talk. You're anymore. doing a great job. Doing a great job. Yeah, keep doing a great job in, in silence. Don't without, come out and tell us you're going to spend money and then sit on your well, hands. Well, that is another thing I'm worried about, right? He did come out and say that they he were gonna, out the payroll's going to be higher. You haven't done a thing since. And so far, the payroll's lower. No, you know what? You know what they did? You know what they did so far? They signed Oscar Gonzalez to a minor league deal, and guess what? He's going to get taken in the Rule Five draft. <laughs> That's what they did. But there's then, your money. But we don't. But listen, if Perez is gone, if all these guys, our payroll is actually <laughs> way less than what it was when he made the comments about our payrolls going up. Yeah. So unless they have some, yeah, I don't know. Unless they have some big plans, like, like, are we bringing in uh, Carlos Correa? <laughs> Come are we on, let's in? do it. I mean, because we can afford let's, them. Let's do it. If the floor is $100 million, we can afford them. Hey, we can Carlos, pay them. come in for a one-year deal. We'll 40 give you million. $50 million. 40 million a year for one year. <laughs> <laughs> Be our shortstop. Uh, you know, there's stuff oh, like that that I – we joke about, but how do you how do you make no, these this, things happen? This is the reality. If this you don't have correct. a plan in place, and we are so everyone everyone in our organization is tied in is bought into the how we do things, and that is how and we that's do things. Great, I love. And now that. the league could throw the big curveball at us, and I don't think we have anyone who can hit a curveball literally no. and figuratively. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we definitely we we're definitely not going to rely on our front office for that. We, that was a little curveball joke I threw in there. You like that? Minus Jose, I really don't think there is anybody. That's true. Anyway, but yeah, so there's still guys out there. Um, Chris Taylor is a guy that could potentially potentially be a fit. I don't know. He's kind of a second base outfield kind of guy. Well, gee, you know what? Your sales pitch right there yeah. made it sound so good to go get him. But that's where we're at. Though. That's really your that's, sales pitch. This is uh, the problem. He's kind of okay. That's the problem. Why Every, would we go after a guy who's kind of okay? You want to go after Chris Bryant? I, I would rather go after Chris Bryant. I'd be more excited he's, about Chris Bryant than a guy want, who were like, "Yeah, he's okay." He's going to want thirty-five million dollars. 
And that's a joke. Because he hasn't gonna, done anything in two years. He's not going to get $35 million. I bet he does. No. If the salary floor goes in, I bet he does. No. Well, maybe. Maybe go. the salary floor goes in, suddenly everybody's There's getting, a reason. Yeah. There's a reason why. Because all Mike, of a sudden, it went from when he got traded from Chicago to San Francisco. Yeah. He's talking about, oh, I'll be back. I'm coming back this offseason, guys. Salary floor goes in. Yeah. Mike Trout and Scherzer are both oh, going to want to raise. <laughs> boy, I'm telling you. Mike Trout's going to be like, hey, guys, listen. I know I, could, I haven't played I in two years. now I'm, I'm worth Sixty million. Yeah, I know I haven't played in two years, but yeah. hmm, this just isn't working for me. Yeah, Otani, yeah. Ota- you could extend oh, Otani gosh. for six hundred million. You could you could extend Otani for the next forty years. Yeah. And Bra- you're, you're Bryce good. Harper pulled yeah. out sixty five million a year for yep. a two year deal. Yep, Tatis will be roaming around like <laughs> <laughs> driving cars on the field. So yeah, but we joke, but it's real. It's a real problem. I mean, when you look at where the Guardians' payrolls at, and but that's the players the we have, and how young we are, and the yeah. cuts we've made, if they put a floor in, it becomes a problem for us. It and really and it wouldn't have been a problem, except for the fact that You're everybody signed gonna, now. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Maybe the teams. Or signing so so here's how it's going to work out. So who here? My question is who exactly was their value choice well, here's as the a thing, corner though. outfielder? But think about this because you know they're looking at someone. The teams, the teams that, the teams that are signing all these players and spending all this money suddenly, right? Either it's going to work out and they're going to win. Okay, sure, yeah. It's and and if the and if the if the salary cap floor goes in, they look like geniuses. Right. Okay. Right. If the salary cap floor does not go in, doesn't pass, right, and they went out and spent all that money and brought these players in and you don't win, then you're just trading them all away anyway. True. Wow. Is anybody <laughs> tradable? A year at, from now, you're trading them is all Is anybody away. tradable at $800 million for three years? I, I don't know. I mean, my goodness. I, you're looking at the the Angels still have moves that are going to be made. They've signed a bunch of pitchers already. They oh, signed yeah. They signed uh, Thor. We talked about it last week. Yep. They signed him to a one-year, whatever, $30 million contract. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that was. Which is good. I mean, the Angels need good to for make them. They, they, they need they it. They have yeah. a short window now with Trout. So they're going to they're gonna win now with Trout and Otani or, or you're going to not win. But I so just got to pull whatever trigger you have to there. I just have to know. Like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall because I, I need to know who are the guys. Who is the list? Because everybody's got a list of free agents that they think they can afford. Right. 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 So who is who's the value guy that they were gonna I go know, after? But I will say this. I, I really don't know. Because he's not I, out I there. Say, I don't, I, have I don't think he's I don't think he's out there. But I do know this. If I'm the if I'm the that's, Cleveland Indians. That's Indian the only reason office. they've been doing what they've been doing, because they felt like they could go get a value guy to play corner outfield. Right. But if I'm the Cleveland Indian front office, we have been managing the team to this dollar value, which our ownership wants us to manage to. We do a great job. We develop play. We do everything the right way right. for a small market team. Okay. If the league, it's going to keep me up at night every single night. If the league is going to put this ceiling, this floor in, this salary cap floor in, where I have to spend X amount of dollars on salary because I don't know how to get there. Yeah, I'm keeping you. I'm telling you right issue. now, without that's signing bad players to bad what's, contracts, what's the, I don't know how I get there. How do you set that up? Because what's the penalty if you don't reach it? I don't know. That's the problem. Wait, we're gonna you, have to, we're you gonna lose, see what the setup you is. Lose that money maybe regardless. they're gonna give you a couple years to get to it. Maybe know, maybe it gets man. implemented in stages. But how how could it be? Because there's only what 
maybe six teams yeah. that are would be under a hundred million dollars. But there's a there's a handful of teams that are in the same would be in the same situation as the Guardians are. If yeah, it goes into effect, two, two, of, them, two I don't know. of them are signing people. There's not enough play, not enough players to go sign. Two of those teams are signing. Yeah, people. Minnesota just signed Buxton to a big, to a big yeah, they know seven year extension. Up. So uh, they're Seattle, spending money. Seattle's spending, Seattle's money. spending they're money. They're getting ready to go so after these, Suzuki. Yeah, the only two, they're, you know, the Clevelands, the Baltimores. The, well, Baltimore, they can just throw random money at people and because they're not they planning to win. Do. Right, exactly. They'll, they'll, they'll resign <laughs> Chris Davis. To, they're trying to trade away their most valuable player right now. They'll, they're trying to trade They'll him. call Chris Davis up and be like, hey, do you want to come out of retirement? We have, like, retirement. we have like $600 million We're that we have to spend. We're going to pay you $60 million to come, you just, to come strike yeah, out for us. Come strike out. Good Lord. <laughs> Maybe we so, should do that. So, yeah, that's the that's the – that's where the Guardians are sitting at right now. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks. It's stressful with the vote coming up. It's stressful. Uh, with yeah, the, with the with the with the meetings coming up, with the owners' meetings coming up, and the the salary floor thing being discussed. I believe they moved the non-tender deadline to tomorrow. Um, that way, they could avoid if there is a shutdown. Yeah. So the non-tenders will be in tomorrow. Um and, and then, then the, the, the vote day. is it's, on the first. It's first, yeah. We'll find out this week. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting week for Guardians. So I we, we should have some more. Dis- I don't know how long. I don't know if obviously if they turn it down, if they vote everything down. Listen, then all I can say is this: it's going to get weird. But. There are players out there signing for forty million dollars plus a year. I Boy. don't think the players strike. <laughs> no, I I think they're doing okay. I mean, Evidently, obviously, something good's happening. And if they put the floor in, eh, there's going to be players who right. who who don't deserve a penny getting paid ten million dollars. Right. And year. not only that, but the floor is good for small market teams. Yeah, the floor the floor is not bad for big market teams though. I think that's the misconception. the The salary floor keeps people honest because the Yankees don't care about. The luxury tax, they just right. don't, and, and they and, haven't. Neither do the Dodgers. And, I, and now I this 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 means that they have to start thinking about that number. Right. If if you're a certain number over the if you're a certain dollar number over the luxury tax now, well, your money's going to somewhere that I don't know. Tampa Bay. Guess what? Tampa is not a big market. They're no. not spending a bunch of money. No. So. Those the 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 Yankees that just lost to the Rays, That's right. they're going to be sending some of their luxury tax money down there. And it's it's interesting because I I I agree with you. I I think it it creates a lot of weird scenarios for a lot of people. They might hate it, but, but it's some, not a bad thing for baseball. But I think the I think the thought process behind it is we're gonna it's gonna be make te- these small market teams <clears throat> more competitive. And right. I gotta tell you, and especially at the start, it's instituting kind of a soft cap. Yeah, but at especially at the start of this thing, it is not gonna make them more competitive because no. all they're gonna have to do is throw money at bad players. Right. To meet the floor, which is okay so for players, not gonna be, that's, that's not going to help. That's good for players. Good for, for now. players, not good for the, teams. The, so, what needs to be cleared up in this CBA specifically is they should, I believe, obviously being as biased as humanly possible, they should institute the salary floor. I agree. I think it should um, be somewhere around the seventy-five, eighty million dollar mark. And I'm good with that yep. because then the, the Guardians won't struggle to get there. If right. it's if it's somewhere around a hundred million, which I think it probably would be, then it's going to be tough. I hope they don't go that high because it just creates it. Like I said, it's going to be throwing bad money or good money at bad players. Right. And the other thing that needs to be addressed is service time, which obviously that is the number one issue that they've been 
going back and forth on. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the solution is there. I have no idea. We've talked about it, but there really is no one good solution because at the end of the day, the guys that just got paid $40 million a year don't really care no. if the minor league guy sits in no, the minor think, leagues for 10 years. I don't think years. the minor league is going to be yeah. a hold up. I don't think Max the, Scherzer at 37 years old cares yeah. if the 18-year-old has to sit until he's 26. Yeah, the 30, the 37-year-olds still want to play. They don't want the 24-year-olds right. taking their jobs. The 37-year-old wants to be 40 in free agency <laughs> looking for another $40 million a year. Nelson Cruz. No, yeah, Nelson Cruz. <laughs> exactly. So – I mean, yeah, that's, you know, I, we could go on all day. Yeah, we'll, about we'll the talk Guardians. more. We'll, we'll talk more over the next few weeks. We'll know a lot more coming uh, this week. We'll know a lot more going into the show. And we have a bye week with the Browns. So thank God we're going to do a lot more in-depth <laughs> stuff with the Guardians and Cavs because I'm so sick of talking about the Browns. Yep, we're taking um, a break. Yeah. We need a Browns break right now. But anyway, up next, uh, we're going to tell you who we think deserves an all-star weekend nod in the NBA. Stick around. All right, here we go. Cavs time, baby. So before the, the bright break, spot in Cleveland sports <laughs> this week, the one and only bright Mobley spot. Mobley came back to the Cavs, and we looked like the Cavs again. We we even with Beautiful. Sexton out, even with our leading scorer out, we actually looked good. Defense first team yep. that can really shut down just about anybody. Yeah, we look really good. Uh, uh, Markin came back, Mobley back. Yep. Allen back and we the three big guys back we looked we looked really good. Looked phenomenal. Um so before the break we I I had mentioned that there were a handful of guys that we want to see get the all-star nod. Um and I I when you say nod, I mean like <laughs> Not necessarily on the All Star team, yes. but you know, I don't know that we have anyone take part in Cleveland All Star we weekend, making the All Star team. No, and we don't. We we definitely don't. Not not saying that I wouldn't not love this to year, see it. Not no, this year, maybe next year. But um, for one thing, Evan Mobley's going to be in the Rising Stars game. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent positive. Um, I would love to see, for example, I would love to see Darius Garland do the skills competition, and he might. Um. And just because it's a Cleveland, you know, it's yeah. in Cleveland this year. I, I think he will. I I hope he does, and I want to see I want to see Jetty Osman do three point contest. I think he will too, and I think and he absolutely he, should because if he continues to shoot at the pace he's shooting now, they're going to invite him. Be, to do it. Yeah, he'll be in one. Of the, he'll be one of the top shooters in the league at that. So absolutely, it'll be Jetty versus Steph Curry, and Jetty will look like a fool. Tear him but up, Jetty. He won't tear him up. We're Steph, not backing down from Steph, Steph Curry. can win a three-point contest with the eyes Jetty closed. Jetty will take him out. Jetty, no, take him out. That. Anyway, so I, I did see a stat, though, random, super random. I saw a stat that um, Darius Garland is actually fourth in the NBA in three-pointers made past 35 feet. Yeah, he takes some deep. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's really good. He's, yeah. he's tied with, I want to say, Dame Lillard yeah. right now. Something like that with seven. So That's the good. Cavs look good. I mean, listen, and and I think we're back to so they're sitting at five hundred. They're ten and ten right now, and they're I think they're actually playing right now. So what we've noticed was the conditioning and the injuries and all that stuff. And um, you know, we talked about it on the last show, and and this week again, we still struggle in the fourth quarter, but I think <clears> we're getting better. I think that conditioning issue. I I I hope they're addressing it. With his injuries and the conditioning, Garland needs to 
not only be able to score in the first quarter, but he also needs to be able to score in the fourth. So he's a guy who can take over a game. Garland passing the ball and shooting the ball. He can take over a game because he can do it all. And he's crafty. He understands how to get shots off. But when he's tired in the fourth quarter, and there's no legs underneath him, and he's missing shots, we're not that good a team. We're not a good finishing team without without him having the ball in his hands. We're just not that great a team. And nothing against Rubio because Rubio is having a, an outstanding season. But if I had to choose – between Rubio and Garland to close out the game. Oh, yeah. I want Garland I want closing Garland the game. I don't want him tired and not no. being able to – I don't need him standing in the corner. Yeah, for sure. I need him with the ball in his hand taking over and putting up, and scoring the last 10 points of the game. Yeah, That's what we need him to become. So he needs to be healthy enough and conditioned enough to and be able to do that honestly, in the fourth quarter. Another thing you see uh, with Darius Garland, we talked about this the other night, um, his confidence is it's kind of – it wavers. It goes in and out. It's been know? better lately, though. It has. Since absolutely. Sexton has been hurt, he's been more aggressive for sure. And that's great. And I, I want to see that, but I want to see that for four quarters. Yep. You know, I know you're tired. I get it. I understand. There's but no you're tired. the guy. You are the guy on no the team. Tired. I no mean, tired. that's that's what it is. Uh, quick game update. So they're at the half right now. They're up 52-41 against Dallas. That's that's awesome. Yep. We are the greatest first half team in the history yeah, of the NBA. So, and again, this is where we go down to. This is where we come down to closing it out. You right? have the to close quarter. out the game. Garland has to be able to take over in the fourth quarter, and Mobley and and Okoro and all and Jetty and all these guys have to be able to knock down shots in the fourth quarter. We have to be able to defend in the fourth quarter, and that's and that's where the games we've lost. That's where we struggled. Uh, quick rundown here. Jared Allen has 11 points, five rebounds at the half. Man, he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's unbelievable. He's figured something out. Well, he's really taken it on his shoulders, you know, signed that contract. And I think he really – he says – I think he's just said to himself, "Hey, you know what? They believe in me. I got. I got to make this yeah. happen." Yeah, he wants to earn the money. Yep. That's that's amazing. I'm glad. Yep. I'm glad we have a guy like that. Great really, attitude. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Evan Mobley, seven points, four rebounds at the half. That's that's what he does, man. Consistency, the model of consistency. Marketing seven point seven rebounds. Again, and he's been playing great since gosh. he's been back too. He has what three games in a row? Twenty plus 20 points. points. Yeah, he's been playing really well. Unbelievable. Garland is ten two and one. Yep. At the half, awesome. And right now, this is the most exciting game in Cleveland. This is this team, this young team, playing the way they're playing. If you haven't tuned them in, put them on TV and watch them because they are fun to watch. They're competitive in every game, even the games they've lost against really good veteran teams. They are competitive and they've had a chance to win them. I mean, we're still learning how to close games out, but I told you all at the beginning of the season, it's going to be a roller coaster ride with this team a little bit. And we're going to live and die with, with some young players making mistakes sometimes and not being in good positions sometimes and turning the ball over sometimes. But in the end, it was going to be a fun ride this year, and so far they have fully proven this is this has been a fun ride for the for the Cavs. Yeah, and here we are again. I, I, if if they could give an award for sixth and seventh player of the year, 
we would we lock that up. Rubio and Kevin Love. Rubio and Kevin Love. Kevin Love's Great got seven points, four rebounds at the half. Rubio has five point six rebounds at the half and yeah. four assists. And four assists. I mean, great job by those veteran guys coming off the great. bench, helping to lead this team, keeping these young kids focused. And I mean, seriously, really have done a fantastic job. And Luca, Luca's sitting at fourteen, five and four. So he's he's looking at a triple double. Um, I'm assuming. Well, I'm assuming. When isn't he looking at a triple right, double? He's a walking triple double. Yeah. He wakes up in the morning and he already has a triple double. <laughs> But um, nobody else is scoring for them. Kristaps Porzingis has seven. It's been their it's been their problem the whole yeah. time. But Hardaway think, Hardaway has six. I think the most exciting point of this game, though, would be the the Boban Taco Fall matchup. Oh no, Boban's <laughs> not there anymore. No, he is there. Is he? Yes. He's in Dallas. Oh, I thought he. I thought no, they let him go. Oh no, he's in Dallas. Oh, where's he at? Oban versus Taco Fall. That would have been the matchup, man. Maybe we'll get that. Maybe we'll get that. The two NBA giants going oh, at it. Man, that's fun. I just got all tingly. <laughs> Maybe in the second half, if it's a blowout, we'll see the two of them get on the field, get on the court, and go at it with each other. That would be awesome. <laughs> Man, that would be like, gosh, we could do a whole radio show on that. Unbelievable. So anyway, they're they're the Cavs are still in the midst of this absolutely horrible ten game stretch, like the toughest ten game stretch out of anyone in the NBA. I'm, and really, with the injuries we've had and with everything going on, we couldn't we couldn't around five hundred. What are yeah. we? What are we? Couldn't ask for. I more. think we're sitting at tenth right now. And we're ninth, ninth in the east. Ninth in the east. Ninth like in the east right now, and that is with the. That's with when everyone was hurt. We dropped four in a row. Right. All right. We had no one. I mean, we our our whole bench was cleared. We were, we were playing with with I think eight guys in a couple of those games, and you know we dropped four in a row. And we but we competitive in all in all those games. We were still competitive even though we dropped those games. Right. So yeah, really kudos to those guys who were healthy and still playing for the, to hang in there and and play so tough in those in those even in those losses we were mm-hmm. good. So maybe we pull this one out. That would be really nice to be able to finish this one out yep. against a, against a solid team. Absolutely. They're they're kind of struggling. So, you know, sneak one against the Mavericks. But they've before. been moving up. They've been they moving have. up the they rankings. They're in the, the playoffs thing. in the West. They are. They're going to be in the playoffs and they're 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 going to be for the next however many years. Um, as long as Luke is there, they're probably going to be in the playoffs. Right. And so then we move on, we have the Heat. That's the that's best defensive tough, team in the two, NBA. That's two defenses going at it right there. Yep. It's going to be really good. Defenses. That's going to be a low scoring game, boy. I do. I do think they have, probably have a little more offensive firepower than we do, uh, but but it, that really it's a good test. That's a, good a test, test for to our guys. see. Yeah. What, what what is our defense comparable? That's right. Because right that's now, right. right now, the Heat is regarded as the best defensive team in the NBA. Our guys are going to get a chance to see in that game how good is your is your defense good enough to compete for an Eastern Conference final spot. Yep. And if it's not, then that's okay. you know where you got to be. Right. You now, know where you got to get to the rest of this year and into next year. You know where you got to get. So we'll have the Heat. We got the Wizards, good offensive team. We got the Jazz, good offensive and defensive team. They're all around. We got the Bucks, the former champs, who are kind of on a little skid right now. Yeah. yeah um, I don't worry too much about the Bucks, though. They're going to be all right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be <laughs> fine. Giannis just does everything. Yeah. But then you've got Chicago and Minnesota to round it out. Yep. So, I mean, it's 
again, it's, tough, it's a tough, tough stretch. stretch, man, especially for all we're these the, young kids. We're in the middle of it, but you know what? You got to play everyone to, and beat everyone to get to the playoffs. Yep. So you have to do it. Bring it. We're healthy now. Let's go. It's time. It's time to really show what you're made of. I mean, this is we have everybody back, obviously, except Colin Sexton. Um, actually, no, I take that back. I'm, Chetty may be out tonight. Did he? Did I say he was playing? I can't remember. Let's take a look here. No, he is not playing tonight. He's out. So he's out. He's got the back spasms going on. Yeah. Um, that's and, and he's hit or miss with his back. So. Yeah, that's, but he's still shooting well when he's there. It is. It, so. it, it's been off and on for him, but he's shooting well. So we have to get him healthy. Um. All right. So real quick, I I threw it out there on our Twitter page, and I I expected to get thousands and thousands of responses. So we're gonna answer three of them. Uh, <laughs> we have. <laughs> we're, <laughs> We have uh, um, three questions that we actually got from from you guys, the listeners, um, or should I say the listener. <laughs> um, shout out Carson Williams, my dude. Uh, we've interacted a few times on on social media. He's a, a big thank Cleveland you for the guy. questions. Carson. Appreciate you, Carson. Um, question number one. Okay, we'll go down the list here. This is. I got really excited when I saw these questions because I really like talking about this stuff. Um, question number one. Will the Guardians spend any money to become a contender? Short answer, no. <laughs> Longer answer. I don't agree with that. Longer answer, also no. But they might have to. <laughs> Carson, just like we talked earlier in the show. Listen, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that the, the Guardians have always done a great job business-wise. For their yep. market. Yep. They have always done a fantastic job of building teams that can compete, that can get into the playoffs, and if they got hot, contend for a championship. And they've done it the right way financially, okay, for their market. I think they've done a great job. Now, do I think they're going to change that? No. I don't think they're going to change that philosophy, but they may have to adjust it for sure. To a higher level of dollar bills being thrown at players, if they put in a salary floor, so I think that's the I think that's the only way we change, the only way we spend that kind of money. Now, again, in Guardians' terms, a a fluctuation, a big influx of money is like spending twenty more million dollars than we did last year. Right, that's huge. Okay, that's a big. That's a you know because that's like a third of our payroll. Adding a adding another third to our payroll. So, so do I think we're going to go out and spend like if you're talking about us spending money on a big name free agent coming in like a Scherzer or a pitcher or something like that coming in? No, no, that's no, not going not. to happen. And, uh, wait, and you know, this, honestly, this front office doesn't operate that way. I, I have to add because um, spending money to become a contender means. A lot of different things. So for the Guardians, it doesn't necessarily mean bringing in a thirty million dollar a year guy. Okay, right. But it doesn't it, mean. But it, but it do, it could potentially mean extending Jose Ramirez. Well, or it, Shane Bieber. But the other thing we've done in the past too, it also could mean that come the trade deadline, if we're in first place, 
and we have holes to fill. We have the guys to move right. to bring back. A that doesn't $30 mean we wouldn't back. bring in a thirty million dollar guy for half a season. Exactly. All right. So that that doesn't it doesn't mean we'd be against that. That's still a good move by a small market team. Or for right. a year and a half, you bring in this guy who makes a right. lot of money. But will we ever sign a free agent to a big giant contract? No. No. Probably no, not. The answer is no. Um, that's a great question. Yeah, I love that question. Um, so, although I do have to say another thing. So that being said, what we were just talking about, keep an eye on expiring deals this year, because if the Guardians do make a run yep. at the division, yep. we are always in the hunt, keep an hunt eye, for, a, for an expiring contract, keep an eye on the expiring from, from contracts a, from a guy who is who is putting up good numbers. And think yeah. about this. Think about think about the NL West. OK. Padres didn't even make the playoffs this year. If, if for for instance, if the Dodgers collapse, there's a lot of good expiring contracts on that team. Yep. So it's always something to keep an eye on. Yep. Um, anyway, next question: Will the Cavs make any trades to make a real run with this current roster, specifically this year? Um, probably. You know, I will say this: We have the assets. If they keep playing well and Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, um, even Chetty Osman so, to a certain extent. Yeah. So here's here's the question mark, though. OK, so if we are in the playoff hunt mm -hmm. with the group of guys we have right now on the roster, what's the shakeup? Right. What do you what direction are you going with the trade? Because I would think it'd be more likely the Cavs are built to win over the next four to five years. Right. Right. That's the goal. The goal here is like over the next couple of years to build to that Eastern conference run. Right. Okay. This year. Yeah. It'd be great if we got on a roll and played great defensively and surprised everybody and made a run in the playoffs. Mm. That'd be fantastic. Kind of like what Phoenix did out of the blue. Yeah. Right. But, um, do I think we'll make a move for a veteran guy to come in and suddenly be like this change the team somehow? No. no and, not. And, and one of our trade pieces is Colin Sexton, right. right? Colin Sexton's that guy we've talked about since the beginning of the season that, yeah, he's a great offensive player. Um, but with this team, there's a weird fit thing happens there with is, him on yeah. the court. And you can see it because we're hanging around still. Yeah. Yeah. We're playing well without his points. Right. Not saying that. Not that we, we don't not right. we, we yeah, miss yeah, his yeah, points, yeah. but we, so if there's another guy out there that would fit us better, you know, a, a wing, a, a taller player, a bigger wing or a or a two a legitimate two that can play defense and score a little. Or if a guy I don't like know, that maybe, was out there. Maybe a seven foot tall one. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Just to put ben all Simmons. seven footers on the court ben at the Simmons, same time. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, is it possible for us to make a move? Yes. Cause we do have some pieces. Do I think we will make a move? Hmm. I don't think it'll be a move in the direction that you you think it might be. No, would, I, it would be a move. It would be a move. If we to move Kevin Love. If we move Ricky Rubio, the move is probably more so for to draft help capital, help the team that we're trading to, right? Than to tr help us, and we're probably going to get in return really quality young players or draft picks, right? Or decent draft picks, yeah. So that's probably. Um, what we the trade would be so it would be again it would be a thing for our future more so than for our present right if i'm playing gm 
if I if I'm I am I'm now Kobe Altman. You can refer to me as Kobe Altman. Um, I if we make a playoff run in within the range of I don't know a fifth, sixth, seventh seed in the East. I am letting it ride. Let let the guys that got you there. I agree. Let them, kinda, let them see how far they can go. Yeah, the kind of confidence that everyone has shown. And again, Ricky Rubio. I don't know that you're going to get any more out of a veteran player than you are right now out of Ricky Rubio. No, Ricky no. Rubio is playing for a contract. Nobody's I mean, playing yeah. for his next contract, so he is. He's, unless he's out to prove a point. Unless you're bringing back uh, a Bradley Beal or a CJ McCollum or you know what I mean that that type of guy who's going to score you points. Yeah, and I and I just which I you're just, not going to get right. I don't know that those kind of guys are going to get swapped right for Rubio and Love. I don't so think so it's happen. So you I. As Kobe Altman, nice to meet you. I'm Kobe Altman. I am. I'm letting. <laughs> I am letting my young guys get the playoff experience. I'm letting them go in, and if they get their butts whipped, they get their butts whipped. Yeah, but I agree. But it, 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 you have to get a taste. You know, you yeah. You, you don't lose anything. Keep the the core of guys that you have together at least for this run. If you are making a run. Um, so I don't think it's necessary so another, to really go out and get a guy. Yeah, another great question. So yeah, and, and short answer is if Colin Sexton was healthy, maybe we would have done that. Um, because we'd had another trade chip in that. Right. But now and that would Collins only be out, I, I would say no. I say we don't make much of a move. You may see Kevin Love move, you may see Ricky Rubio move, but it won't be, yeah, it would for be for a, a reason, player right. that comes in and helps us make the Eastern Conference finals. No. Right. Um, another, yeah, great question. So question three. This is this is an interesting one. <laughs> I'm still not really sure how to answer it, but if and he has it in asterisks, if that's a big if, the Browns were to move on from Baker Mayfield, who would be a realistic replacement? Okay. So first things first, the way he is set up contractually and financially for the franchise. We're not moving on from Baker Mayfield simply because uh, they haven't had much continuity as a franchise. And here we are, we've given him three and a half years straight of learning an offense for the first time in since since the franchise came back to Cleveland they actually have a guy who's been around and right. been able to learn an offense and been able to he finally has some consistency with good coaching and uh, a good GM who's put the right pieces in place um talent wise we've talked about this talent wise i think he is talented enough to get you where you want to go, win your championship, because that's the ultimate goal, right? Even if it's only one, you want to win a championship. Yep. Um, so, again, financially, contractually, there's no reason to move on from him because even if you don't think he's playing well right now, yeah. A lot of it does have to do with injuries. But let's but let's just take it from the from a from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. From a so, look okay. at just at the question, right? So if that's the case, who is who's a, like a likely kind of replacement? In my mind, right, if you're gonna move on from a Baker Mayfield, all right, and and you're gonna trade him away mm -hmm. uh to somebody, um again, I don't think you 
pull that trigger unless you feel like you get uh, a top pick in the draft right. and it's a quarterback that you love. So like you so basically this guy is a step up right. from talent level of Baker Mayfield. We got to go get him in the draft because this is our shot to replace Baker with a guy we think can get the job done. So I right. think we, what you'd wind up with is a rookie quarterback and I, I I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, he, he would have to make a believer out of a bunch of veteran players right away. So strategically, if you are moving on from Baker Mayfield, okay, you have him under contract. You just you, – you have him for his fifth-year option next year. If you are going to move on this offseason, strategically, you're waiting for dominoes to fall. Okay, you're waiting for Aaron Rodgers to go where Aaron Rodgers is going to go because he's not sticking around in Green Bay. I don't. I don't think you're waiting for Russell Wilson to get traded wherever he's going because I don't think he's sticking around in Seattle. Um, other than that, yeah, and likely, I mean nobody else is a, moving. And again, likely if you're going to go in that direction, right? If we're going for a trade or a I, free agent, signing. personally, I'm sending him to Miami because they have Tua, who they don't believe in. Baker Mayfield is ten times the quarterback to Tua Tungvaloa is. Um, but who are you getting in return? A draft pick, right? And that's what I'm, I'm yeah, I'm so, taking their draft pick. So, so, but I guess for this question from our listener, mm-hmm. right? For this question, we're talking about who specifically? Yeah, sure. So that's yeah, the tough part. Of course, you know, if you made a trade, you know, look at the look at the Detroit uh, Rams trade. They both lost, apparently. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, Goff playing for the, an, a Detroit team that hasn't won a game. Uh, Mostly because Stan of him, really. playing for the Rams. And, you know, now uh, Odell is playing for them as well. And they, they didn't win. They <laughs> Odell's can't win. ruining another franchise. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where – that's it's such a tough scenario because, you know, it's not like Baker hasn't been productive. I, and again, I no, think this season, this season has been injury riddled for him. And I don't even think he should be playing right now. I think it should I be, agree. I think it should be our backup quarterbacks handling the load right now while he's healing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully we play well enough to get in the playoffs and we have a healthy quarterback. We come playoff time because if we don't have a healthy quarterback come playoff time, none of this matters. It's not going to matter. So, but yeah, I just I I like I love the question. I love it. Um, but right now, I don't see a clear scenario where, uh, you know, any of any there's any there's a veteran quarterback who's leaving his team and would be headed to Cleveland that nope. we could trade Baker for another quarterback. Uh, but I do think there's a, there there could be a hey we trade him because we love this kid coming out of college we think he's going to be a hall of famer and you know he's our guy. Yeah. And that's the that's the tough part about all that is you you look at guys like Kenny Pickett who is probably going to be one of the top quarterbacks taken in the draft. But what does that mean is because I don't think he's a first round pick. Don't know. He's been he's been at Pitt. This is his fourth year. He's been a starter for four years at Pitt. He's he's learned a college offense in and out, right? I don't know how that translates. How, I don't know how Pitt quarterback translates to the NFL. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, so, yeah. I, you'd have to be super excited about a player coming out of college, though. Like you'd have to be like this guy. He he's the next Peyton Manning, right? Coming out of college, and we're taking him. Like yeah. we're going to trade Baker. We're getting this pick. And we're going to in in a completely ideal world. 
you probably try to go get Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson's going to wind up in New York. And again, he's again he's so, in the same situation Baker's in this year. Right. Injuries. Yeah, he's, he's not. He probably shouldn't he's be not playing. playing as well he's as doing he it. He's should playing be, anyway yeah. and not playing well. So yeah, there's. I think they're both in the same situation and very similar type players. Right. So. Yeah. And there's there's nobody else out there really that you you would go for unless obviously. But great question. Thank you. That is, that is a great question. Thank so question. so ultimately, I'm sticking with Baker. Um, talent wise, financially, whatever, I'm 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 gonna stick with Baker. But if I could choose, I would probably go for Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, that would be yeah. it, uh, as far as available quarterbacks go. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that that would be my answer. <laughs> would it take it for what it's worth? But yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. I mean, I I never really thought that deep into it before, but um, but yeah. So that's that's where we're at this week, folks. Thank you so much to Carson. Uh, we appreciate you. I'll shout you out on Twitter once we get everything posted. Um, well, <laughs> the Browns suck again. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure what the silver lining is there. We we have a bye week to kind of sulk on it and think about how terrible Let's things see how are. They come back from the bye. Uh, the Guardians are staying silent, which means they either have nothing going on or something big in the works. It could literally be a range of. Zero to 100. Um, and the Cavs stay tough and they continue to hover around 500. Hopefully they can pull out a win against Dallas today. And Cleveland sports seem to be regressing a little bit. Uh, um, Cavs are exciting. I love the Cavs. Come on, Cavs, Cavs are great. But we're in it for the long haul, no matter what that might mean. Um, we have our website up and running now. Don't mess it up.com. You can find two new articles so far and hopefully a lot more to come. We're working on it. Um, as always, please check for us on Facebook, search Cleveland Don't Mess It Up, and on Twitter at Don't Mess It Up. Like, share, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, take the bye week and relax. Watch some Cavs basketball. Be on the lookout for more content from us on the website and on social media. <laughs> Just remember, the Browns can't lose this week. <laughs> so that's that's huge. Um, be excited about that. But really, in all seriousness, uh, we hope you have a great week. Go out there, have fun, stay safe, and as always, Cleveland, don't mess it up. See ya.